0: what's going on Bulls fans welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related I'm the host here Hayes right off the top if you want to follow me you can do so at CEO Hayes that's C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E and on today's episode we'll be talking about the Bulls being given an off-season grade of a D by Bleach Report we'll be breaking that down we'll also be talking about uh Kobe White trades that that were presented as well by Bleach Report and I'll be telling you guys why Kobe White is more than likely not going to be traded in this in this season. We'll also be getting into teams that are going to be playing the luxury tax this season and what that may mean and how the Bulls uh, shape up against that. And then lastly, we'll be doing our season predictions this time for that player that everybody wants to see gone in Kobe White. We'll get into all that and more on today's Chicago Bulls Central. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans. So right off the top, the Bulls were given an off-season grade of D by Brian Kalbroski uh, with Bleacher Report. And in this, he mainly talks about the fact of the Bulls adding Andre Drummond and Goran Drogic and that while neither one of those signings are anything to write home about, he is very high on the Bulls selection of Dalen Terry in the draft. But, you know, this is this is something that's it's been going right. We know that most Bulls fans, most uh, people outside all are wondering why the Bulls did not do more in the offseason. Now I've I've talked about this very heavily, not to excuse it, but to identify it is the simple fact that, you know, yes, the Bulls had a 10 million dollar mid-level exception this season that would have hard-capped them. Um and they decided not to use all of it. Because of that, they went out, they signed Andre Drummond to a really decent contract, they signed in Goran Dragic to a really decent contract, and I can understand why to me the Bulls get a bad offseason grade by most stretches. Now, Dalen Terry, he seems like he's going to be a stud. Now, he's going to be something that I've already said. Let's practice patience when it comes to Dalen Terry because he may not be his, his final form. He's, well, he's not going to be his final form in this first season. He may not even contribute very much statistically-wise to the Chicago Bulls this season in his rookie season, but we'll see. But, you know, with this being being said, it really, to me, this is me personally, and I said this over on Locked on Bulls. I can't give the Bulls lower than a C- for the offseason grade personally just because they didn't get worse, right? And I know there's something to be said of, well, if other teams are getting better, you're not getting better, um, then then you, you technically do get worse by that, and I understand that mindset. But to me, I'm looking at it, yes, the Patrick Williams is probably going to take, take a leap this season. Let's see how much of a, of a leap that is. I do look at Io DeSumo, the work that he's putting in as well, and health being big reasons on why the Bulls, even with them, staying kind of stagnant not really getting worse per se now again it remains to be seen we have to see that put into practice we have to see how that happens on the court but i do trust looking at the work patrick williams put in the fact that you know he's having a full offseason this this off season, things like that i do think patrick williams and i would assume are going to come in being ready to contribute a little bit more also marco simonovich simonovich uh and how he comes in and now he's able to play uh, this season, hopefully, and give the Bulls a little bit something more than what he gave them last season, which was a big goose egg of a zero in his minutes um, with the Chicago Bulls last season, him being better equipped, uh, maybe in a better position to, to, to have a bigger role with the Chicago Bulls than what he had last season as well. I look at those things, and then as well as Andre Drummond. I look at Andre Drummond. He's going to be a better backup center than I think either Tristan Thompson or Tony Bradley were at any stretch last season. So yeah, while the Bulls didn't come home and, and well didn't hit, hit the, the home run offseason that a lot of us hoped and thought that they would do this offseason. Again, kicking that can down the road to next offseason where they could have $20 million in true cap space next year and a and a and an exception as well. That's the type of though that's when you want to look at making a bigger move. But again, this offseason is this offseason. And for the moves themselves, I can understand a lower grade because the Bulls really didn't do much when you look at just the pure moves. Now, the Dalen Terry pick, that has the potential. And that's not going to be anything that we see the full dividends of anytime soon. And that's with most draft picks. But I really do like the pick of Dalen Terry. Let me know. I think I, I, we've already did it. I've asked you guys what you, what grade did you give the Bulls offseason. Um, and, and, you know, it, it kind of is what it is on that one. But, you know, national media, it's going to, just like we had a lot of doubt, Last season, right with DeMar DeRozan, most overrated offseason acquisition, things like that. It's going to it's listen, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. We're gonna get a lot of that until we prove it on the court and hopefully we do have a more healthy team, knock on wood for Lonzo Ball. Um, and then we can really evaluate this team and what they have coming into next year. And I know I don't expect Goran Dragic to play a lot. I know we had that 20 to 25 minute thing. I just don't expect it if everyone's healthy, but we'll we'll see. We'll see. Now going into the next topic for today, there are nine teams that are that are Ten million dollars over the luxury tax uh, heading into next season. That is the Clippers being forty-one million dollars over the luxury tax. The Warriors being thirty-six point five million dollars over the luxury tax. The Nets thirty-one million dollars. Bucks twenty-three million dollars. Celtics twenty million dollars. Suns sixteen point two million. Lakers sixteen point one. Mavericks fourteen point six. And the Nuggets ten point five million dollars over the luxury tax. Now those are that's that's this team's ten million over the luxury tax and more. There are more teams that are that are, you know, over the luxury tax to a smaller degree. But it now has been said that, like, looking at those teams, right, you would say that all of those teams, except the Lakers, are going are teams that you expect to have deep playoff runs. We'll see what happens with the Nets as well, what happens with their chemistry and things like that, keeping Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving um, after, you know, it for a little while it looked like both of them may be gone. But what does that mean towards, you know, the, w- with what the Bulls are, are looking towards as they continue to build out this team? Uh, Yes, we have Nikola Vucevic's contract coming off the books theoretically next season. DeMar DeRozan the season after that. Um, So there is an opportunity for the Bulls to continue to be not as over the luxury tax, but that luxury tax bill is coming for the Chicago Bulls unless they do some hard, drastic type trades to really get salary. And then at this point, if if the Bulls do some really salary cutting type moves while this team is not looked at as being a true contender, the fan base will riot. But that continues to raise the question over, you know, how much longer can the Bulls theoretically avoid the luxury tax? I've said it before. I don't think that, it, that they can for much longer. I think next offseason, the Bulls have to go into luxury tax. When you look at extending Io to Sumu, using the, the cap space that's available that way, if you do decide to even bring back pooch on, on an extension, anything like that, Kobe White, eh, we don't expect Kobe White to be back on extension unless he plays really well this season. Then I would love to see Kobe White come back. But with all that being said, Listen, it remains to be seen. You don't want to be the Lakers on this list, right? You don't want to be a team $16 million over the luxury tax and not really competing, not looked at as having a chance while you do have some talent on that roster. You don't want to be that. But you, again, don't want to be out of the conversation just by avoidance of the luxury tax. And that's going to be something that Bulls fans and fans in here are way more aware now of the luxury tax. Now, not everyone has a full understanding because there is a difference between being over the cap and over the luxury tax. But with that being said, Fans are more astute now. So as as the as Bulls fans continue to see this team maybe not compete at the level that we want to, not taking advantage of having Zach Levine in his prime, not taking advantage of having players like DeMar DeRozan and, and, and things like that around. Lonzo Ball as, as well. Like, as you look for this Bulls team to continue uh to improve into this fan base to want this team to continue to go further and further and be more of a true contender. You can only avoid the luxury tax for so long. Now, if the Bulls are able, if if Terry hits, Patrick Williams hits, I would assume hits and all of these players progress and take leaps around the same times or years after each other, then the Bulls may be able to avoid that. But again, can you bet on that, right? This team is going to have to go into the luxury tax at some point in time. And I think that time is going to have to be next season. If not, and you continue to kick that can down the road, I've already said it. It's going to be dark times here around Bulls Nation, but I think that was just an interesting thing to look at teams that were that far over the luxury tax and where they stand. The Clippers, we know when they're when they're fully healthy, they can definitely contend. The Warriors, that are the defending NBA champions. We know about them. They've been in so many finals over the last decade. The Nets, you know, the Nets win fully healthy as well. You look at, as a team that can do that, it's just, you know, what else is going on besides basketball. The Bucks won the title a couple years, years ago. The Suns, we know what they can be, and we've seen it, like, yeah, they're a team that can make it to uh, uh, finals, but can they win it? The Lakers are a shit show. The Mavericks are a team that's on the rise as well. And the Nuggets, they have a two-time reigning MVP. So, you know, you see those those type of things. It does raise some questions. We'll see what happens. But let's go ahead and get into the main topic that we're talking about. A lot of this is built around Kobe White. So we're going to get into season predictions for Kobe White. But first off, I do want to talk about some of these trade ideas that were presented by Bleacher Report for Kobe White. And so, I don't like a lot of these. We talked about them on Locked On Bulls as well. Uh, the, so I'm not going to spend a whole bunch of time here on this one. On this one, The first one uh, is with the Dallas Mavericks. Kobe White, tra- uh, The Bulls trade Kobe White for Josh Green and two second-round picks. While we've seen AK and Eversley do great things with second-round picks and AK over the course of his career, Josh Green to me, I like Josh Green as a player, but this trade I don't like. If anything, if we do a trade with the Mavericks, I need Maxi Kleber to come back in it, right? That's just my selfishness in, in that. But I look at this one. It's a non-starter for me. Um, again, if this is one of those deals where it's like if you just feel like you have to trade Kobe White because he, you don't want to get get into a contract situation with him next season or not lose him for anything, this is the type of trade that I would see. If the, if the Bulls get to the trade deadline and Kobe still isn't playing too well or maybe he's playing a little bit better, a little bit more consistent, but they don't think that they're going to be able to afford it. they don't want to pay Kobe White what he could get in the open market. You trade him, you do this type of deal, then you get Josh Green, who's a, a solid prospect, still fairly young as well, can be a versatile player um, as far as the positions that you can play him in. But those two second round picks are the biggest thing in that. And even then, like I said, that's more of a, hey, we know we can't resign him. Let's just let's just get something back for him. This next one. And this is the one that I know that it, it, it kind of confuses me for people who are for this one. The next one of the Bulls trading Kobe White and Tony Bradley, which I'm not mad at getting rid of Tony Bradley, for Terrence Ross and one second round pick. Now, the thing with this is, and I said this over on Locked on Bulls, is that if you look at Terrence Ross's career averages, they're what Kobe White gave you last season. And this is why I say things with Kobe White, and we'll get into that when I talk about some of uh, his predictions for a season next season. But Kobe White is not as terrible as some people make him out to be, right? There are a lot of bench players that get considerable minutes and get paid way more that are giving way less than what Kobe White was able to give last season. Terrence Ross's career averages are exactly what Kobe White... So all we're saying at that point is we're trading a 22-year-old Kobe White for a 31-year-old Kobe White. That's all you're doing in a trade like this. You're not getting a markedly better player. Yeah, you're getting a player who's been in the NBA longer, who's had some bigger games, and you can probably say he's a little bit more consistent. But again. And Terrence Ross's last season is not, like, they shine in comparison to the averages that Kobe White put up last season. This is why I say a Kobe White deal is not as easy as some Bulls fans make it out to, out to be because, listen, Terrence Ross is not better than Kobe White. I'm saying it right now. He's not a better player than Kobe White, at least not what he's shown in the last few seasons of his career. And like I said, looking at Kobe's career averages and looking at Terrence Ross's career averages, they're right there neck and neck. But Kobe White is nine years younger, right? And and so, you know, for that, I don't like this deal at all for that one. You know, let me know what you guys think about this down below. Um, and just to get into the details of it, like Terrence Ross shot a terrible percentage from three last season. He did shot, shoot about 40% from field goal range overall, but Kobe White did that as well. So it's not really much difference. If you look at, go look at the, at Kobe White's career numbers and then go and look at, at Terrence Ross's career numbers. They are basically the same, if not better, leaning in favor of Kobe White. So this is why I say, yeah, we at all fan bases, we have a we have a propensity to either undervalue or overvalue our own our own players in a, in a lot of ways, and we lose objectivity, right? In a trade like this for Terrence Ross, the Bulls are not getting a clear better player They're at at all. It's it's just not happening. Um, so because of that, to me. This, this trade is a non-start. Again, yes, you get the second-round pick. Yes, you also free up a roster spot by getting rid of Tony Bradley um, that can clear in Justin Lewis playing more for this team, things like that. But you don't get a markedly better player. And I'm going to go ahead. I said look it up. I'm going to give the numbers to you. That way you don't have to go to another place with the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. So Terrence Ross, last season, right? We're just going to go off last season, and then I'll give his career averages. Last season, 23 minutes a game, or 39% shooting from the field, 29% shooting from, from three-point range. three-point shooter, two rebounds, uh, one assist, um, almost two assists per game at 10 points per game. Terrence Ross's career averages, right, career averages. He averages about 24 minutes a game, 41% shooting from field goal percentage, um, 36% shooting from three, 83% from free throw, 2.8 rebounds per game, 1.3 assists per game, 11.2 points per game for Terrence Ross's career. Now let's look at Kobe White's numbers in that same time. Last season for Kobe White, 27 minutes played per game, 43% shooting from field, 38% shooting from three-point range, both career highs for him, 85% shooting from free throw, three rebounds, three assists per game, and 12.7 points per game. Kobe White's career averages, 28 minutes per game, 41% from the field, 36% shooting from from three, 85% from free throw, 3.6 rebounds per game, and 3.5 assists per game at 13.7 points per game for Kobe White's career. Like I said, Terrence Ross now is not a better player than Kobe White. Now, he did have a a big season a couple couple of years ago, 15.6 points per game, 14.7 points per game, and 15.1 his last three seasons before last season. Maybe he lost motivation in Orlando. And I can see an a, 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 a argument for that. But to me, you're not getting a markedly better player for Kobe White. And, you know, it kind of is what it is at that point. Last trade, this is the best one in the bunch. The the, the Bulls trade Kobe White and Marco Simonovic to the, to the San Antonio Spurs for Josh Richardson. Now, Josh Richardson is a player. He's a better defensive player. He's a solid three-point shooter. He has better averages shooting from three. Then Kobe is a better field goal shooting overall. He's a more versatile player, a more intense defensive player. I would love having Josh Richardson off the bench for the Chicago Bulls. My only issue in this trade is us giving up Marco Simonovic for at a time where we haven't really seen yet what he what he can do. He has not played at an NBA level yet. I'm not keen on giving up Marco at this point in his career, considering how young he is and the fact that we just haven't seen what he can do on the NBA level yet. Now there is an argument to be made to say, well. He may not be good on the NBA level. Let's give him up while his value, he still has some value before people do get to see him on the NBA level. But Marco is the type of player that will go to the Spurs, they'll work him, they'll develop him, and then he'll be a 19-10 and 10 guy. We don't want to do that, in my opinion, this, this early on. And while Josh Richardson is a better player than Kobe White, make no mistakes about that, I don't want to give up a young player in Marco that we haven't seen yet. We have seen Kobe. We know he's inconsistent. We haven't got a chance to really see Marco at the NBA level yet. So, in my opinion, I wouldn't want to give up this trade. But if I was going to do any trade out of this bunch, that would be the one. But now let's get into season predictions for Jacoby White. Alec Jacoby White, I think is his full name. Jacoby Alec White is one of those. Don't know off the top of my head. Uh, but nonetheless, Kobe White, uh, what is, uh, it is, it's Alec Jacoby White. Boom, I knew it. Uh, but Kobe White. Season predictions for Kobe White. I've been doing season predictions in the show in this all week long so far. And I've already went over Kobe White's averages last year. 12.7 points per game, three rebounds per game, about three assists per game on a 12.6 PER. He did shoot the ball 49% from field goal percentage, 34% from three-point percentage. Um, and so we you want to see Kobe White improving that. His defensive rating was 116.9, uh, 114.6 for his career. We know Kobe White is not a good defender. We know this. This is the weakest part of his game. Now, in this with Kobe White, there's, like I've already said it, there's a lot of talk around Kobe White, and I don't think a Kobe White trade is coming anytime soon, if at all. I honestly think this thing is going to play itself out, and I know some people, well, Kobe White can come in, play good. If Kobe White plays good there's, to start the season, and that's where I think the Bulls are with this, right, with Kobe, is that if Kobe White comes out being consistent, playing well, getting good averages, but giving you those averages consistently night in and night out, At that point, trading Kobe White becomes harder in my opinion because guess what? There are not a lot of bench players. As much as we talk about Kobe White, his averages for a bench player are solid. It's just that we don't have that consistently from him, right? He has the games where he'll give us 20 points off the bench and they'll give us a goose egg the next game. So because of that, if Kobe can become a consistent player for the Chicago Bulls next season, I think it's going to be even more difficult to move him because at that point, you're not going to get any type of value back for him because of what he's worth. A consistent Kobe White coming off the bench can be one of the best bench players in the NBA. He can be a perennial six-man-of-the-year type player if he's giving you things consistently. I talked about it. Last year, two three years out, out, the, out the season, two or three years, two or three months out the season, Kobe White was giving you 16 points per game off the bench average-wise with 40% shooting from the field and three-point percentage. That is a solid bench player. In the NBA, so really looking at it, the Bulls are in a really weird situation with Kobe White where I'm not saying he's untradeable by any case of the imagination, like any stretch of the imagination. Not saying that at all. Kobe White is absolutely tradable. But as we've seen with Kobe, and we've even heard it in the rumors, the Bulls are not getting what they think that they should for Kobe White. And we may see this play out to where if Kobe White does have a solid season, the Bulls may go ahead and re-sign him and then try to move him later. We've seen that a lot. Look at the situation that happened with Obama this offseason. I'm not saying that bulls will go to the extent of renouncing his rights and then go ahead and re-signing him anyway. I'm not saying that it's going to get to that point with Kobe White. But I'm absolutely saying that there could be a way uh, – there is a, 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 a future of this where Kobe White is a Chicago bull for a while. Um all of this season for sure and they see how it plays out next season it may get to the point where they do the, like similar to what they did to Marco they they end up it ends up turning into the sign and trade they allow another team to sign him they don't re-sign him and they play it out that way in in the off season but don't be surprised if Kobe White is a Chicago Bull this whole season so when we talk about predictions for Kobe White I do think Kobe White is going to be a bull a Chicago bull this whole season I may be wrong with that But as of right now, with the way things are shaking out, I do think that. And I know that's not what a lot of Bulls fans are hoping or thinking is going to happen or want to see, but there's a big possibility of that. What then do I want to see from Kobe White? What do I want to see from Kobe White? if he's going to be in this Bulls uniform all season, we know he's going to start off the season with the Chicago Bulls. And the simple thing is, is I want and need to see consistency from Kobe White, whether that's giving us 12 points per game consistently off the bench, whether it's giving us the 16 points per game consistently off the bench. I don't want to see any more games and it's going to happen, right? It's going to happen where at times Kobe just can't hit the left side of a barn, but I don't want to see that consistent. Like let that be a rarity with Kobe. I want to see Kobe White, With his first full, keep in mind, Kobe White's first full training camp as an NBA player is this year in his fourth season. Only 22 years old, turns 23 in February. As much as you talk about Io can develop, Patrick Williams can develop, Kobe White still has plenty of room to develop. I want to see Kobe White become more consistent. I want to see Kobe White have a clear and defined role as well. When you add Goran Dragic, when you have as many guards as we do, there's no more reason for Kobe White not to have a clear and defined role coming in, being that two-guard off the bench, being the scorer off the bench for the Chicago Bulls. I want to see that for him. I want to see the coaching staff put him in better situations, not forcing him to be a spot-up shooter sometimes and allow him to be that scorer he can be off the bench for the Chicago Bulls. That's what I want to see from Kobe White, and I want to see him better engaged defensively. I talked about Zach Levine, how I want to see him get to, to to more of that 110 area of a of a defensive rating. I'm not going to say that for Kobe. That is a huge leap for a player that's going to be coming off the bench. But being 116 last season, I need to see Kobe White get that defensive rating down to 112. The 112 area for Kobe White, that's what I want to see from Kobe White. But the biggest thing is consistency from Kobe. I want to see that consistency from Kobe White being that big scorer off the bench for the Chicago Bulls, and I think he can do it. It's just a matter of fact of him putting it into practice, and I know this is not what Bulls fans, a lot of Bulls fans want to hear. A lot of Bulls fans want Kobe to be gone regardless of how he plays. I'm not going to be that blind with it. I'm going to say if Kobe White can turn in a consistent player off the bench for the Chicago Bulls, I want to see him stay here. I want to see him be able to do that this season, and we'll work it out next season, whatever happens. But either way, no matter what, The best situation for the Bulls, whether if they're going to trade him or keep him, is for Kobe White to be consistent and be better than he was last season. So that's what I'm hoping for Kobe White. I want to see averages of 13 points off the bench. Give us those two rebounds a game. I want to see his assists get up to about 3.5 a game for him as well because he's going to have better players around him. Field goal percentages, keep all that the same. Keep the 49 field goal percentages. Keep the 40%, almost 40% shooting from three. Keep those things the same, but I want to see it done at a more consistent level for Kobe White. That's what I want to see from Kobe. Let me know down below, what are some of your predictions for Kobe White coming into next season? And A, do you think that there's a world in which Kobe White continues to be a Chicago Bull for a long time? Let me know all that down below. Thank you for tuning in to Chicago Bulls. Since you guys know I love you so much, man. Make sure you're following the show at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullscentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave us a text and our voicemail, the number to do so is 773-270-2799. This is the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. And like I like to in every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of the Break, Break Media. Break. Media.